buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 13. Today we're going to chat with Ashley Lubinsky from the Cody Firearms Museum, make a prank call to Smith & Wesson, and talk about lucid optics. Today's panel is Sean Heron from We Like Shooting, and I'm Ava Flannell. How's it going, guys? Hey, that's my job. Oh, my bad. I thought I I got promoted. (laughs) Anyway, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. (laughs) That's great. Ashley, I'm doing well as well. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I like your sweatshirt. Thank you. It's uh, Betsy Johnson. She used to make gun clothing. Yeah, it's And cute. now I buy it on eBay. <laughs> For half the cost. <laughs> <laughs> or triple. Yeah, pretty much. Or triple, yeah. It depends <laughs> on which one it is. Very cool. Uh, before we get into the show real quick, real quick, let's talk about Hunt Hack Gear, Ava. So, um, let's see. What do we have to say about them? Well, um, you, you wore... The Huntack gear, the uh, the Orion chest rig. Yep, I wore the o- Orion chest rig, uh, the big orange thing for hunting. What I, else did you wear with that? <clears throat> nothing. Um, just a unicorn onesie, but that's no big deal. <laughs> I, I saw the Orion chest rig, which is one of their big hunting things. It actually has all the blaze orange that's required for any for for all the fifty states for hunting, which is kind of nice. But I actually saw them taking the pouches off and taking the whole thing and putting it on some backpack stuff, mm-hmm. which was also very cool. Uh, so very nice rig, but since we're more of a gun show and less of a hunting thing, let's talk about their V1 series handguards, uppers, uh, angled foregrips, and all that great stuff. Uh, what do you think of those? I love them. Yeah, I do too. I um, yeah. I mean, honestly, they're it's it's just really well made, um, beautiful. It just it gives your rifle just an awesome look, and uh, yeah, I gotta say, I I enjoy having it on my rifle. Yeah, they've lightened things up in some really clever ways, like taking uh, taking stuff out of the Picatinny rails, taking stuff out of the upper, uh, keeping a lot of strength to it. Uh, I know because I stood on it when no one was looking, and it, it, it did just fine. So obviously very, very strong. So you go check them out. You know what's even like really awesome about gun, or Hunt Tech here? <laughs> I, I, I was like, here goes the fat joke. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> no, I wasn't even. I was like, that's great. It didn't break. I'm like, I, if it didn't break, I really don't think you stood on it. <laughs> Not because I don't think that it's well made, but because you're pushing like 400 pounds. So, mm. you know, but um, what's awesome is if anybody wants to get uh, any of the V1 series, any really any of their products, even if you're building an AR and you need like a bolt carrier group, a barrel, they sell a bunch of other products as well. And you can use the code GUNFUNNY15 to receive 15% off. Absolutely. Huntac Gear, H-U-N-T-A-C, gear.com. Let's get into it and talk to Ashley just a little bit. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Ashley, how are you doing today? I already asked you that. You said good. Did it change in the last 30 seconds? I'm doing terribly now. Do you have any regrets so far? (laughs) No, this is fantastic. Uh, Actually, my regret is that I don't also have a beer. That is also our regret because it makes us seem way more professional. (laughs) So honestly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just just start us off with kind of what you do for a living and where you do it. Oh, gosh, I 
do so many things. Uh, but I run the Cody Firearms Museum as my primary job. I'm the curator of that museum. If you're not familiar with that, we've got over 7,000 guns. We've got everything dating back to crossbows all the way up through modern day. Oh, look, there we are. Um, and the most recent gun that we have is actually a gun made in 2016. So we believe very strongly in getting guns from the modern industry into the museum. And that's usually what I say, because what's made today is a part of tomorrow's history. Um, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, and so we very much have an encyclopedic collection and we spend pretty much every day learning something new about guns. And we're about to totally redo the museum. It's been in the same configuration since 1991, which, believe it or not, is actually a long time for museums. And so we're working on totally renovating that. In addition to working at the museum, I have my own consulting business and I work with other museums uh, that have gun collections, some gun industry companies. I'm a firearms instructor. I write about guns from time to time, and then I also embarrass myself on TV fairly regularly. <laughs> when you say embarrass yourself, what do you mean? <laughs> do you, do um, you wear a onesie as well? I, <laughs> uh, we, we actually do a Facebook Live series, which is where we embarrass ourselves more um, because we usually go on to talk about gun history, but we do about zero prep work, and so it always goes really well. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, yeah, because I wore a unicorn onesie and I've worn a romper on the internet. So I think you embarrass yourself in much cooler ways than me. I'm just a, a moron. I, I, we dressed up as Sarah Winchester and a ghost a couple of days ago for Halloween. <laughs> Very cool. More embarrassing for my assistant, he was the ghost. <laughs> than for me, I was just in a black ball gown, which is pretty typical for me. That's so, awesome. Have you always had a passion for firearms? No, uh, I actually didn't grow up around guns. Um, my family, our hobbies were figure skating and golf. So we shoot, we shoot golfs, uh, in my family, but I didn't really know anything about guns until I was 18. I wanted to be a doctor. And so when I went into college, I was going the kind of medical route, but I was always interested in the history of medicine. And I went on a civil war medicine tour where they talked about how the advancements of weapons technology altered medical technology. And I thought that looked pretty cool. And I decided to change my major to history because, you know, that always ends up in a job. And <laughs> I got an internship at a military museum close to Pittsburgh, where I'm from. And they put like 200 guns in front of me. And I had never held a gun before in my life. And I had to identify what it was, what had been modified, all the cool parts of the gun. And I just got hooked. So at 18, I changed my major, started studying guns and have done pretty much everything I can to learn about firearms since then. Uh, and that includes shooting uh, an array of guns from flintlocks to machine guns. I'm not good at shooting, but I can shoot a lot of different things. That's cool. And I bet working there actually affords you some opportunities that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, we, we're not allowed to shoot our collection, which is sad, but it's for the preservation of guns for all of history. But uh, I know a lot of good collectors and there are other institutions that function in a different realm than just the museum. It's so got collections that they actually take out so you can shoot them. So, yeah, I get offers to go and shoot guns fairly regularly and it's always awesome and always humbling. Um, what would you say? So, like, what does the Cody... Farms me or the farm the Cody Farms Museum. What all does it cover? Everything. What is the oldest uh, relic in there? Um, probably one of our crossbows from the 1200s. 
Uh, and then we've got our earliest gun is from the 1400s. So it's a hand cannon, which is a literal cannon for your hands, three barrel hand cannon. And then we, like I said, we go all the way up. Our most recent gun that was made was made in 2016. And we have an international collection. So the Cody Firearms Museum is a part of the Buffalo Bill Center of the West. So a lot of people think that we're just a Western Firearms Museum, but we're not. And we have collections from companies all over the U.S. and then also companies from all around the world. Our world collection could use some uh, updating, but it's as encyclopedic as I think you're going to come pretty much in the U.S. Nice. In your in the collection there at the Cody Firearms Museum, what would you say since you've been there is the biggest get that you've gotten? The biggest get that I've gotten? Yeah. What, what's the thing that you're most <laughs> proud of, of bringing into the museum? Biggest get that I've gotten. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. We got a Doc Carver gun last year, which is pretty neat. That's more of our Western history side of things. Um, but honestly, the most exciting thing for me, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this because people love them or they hate them, but we did the first ever Glock exhibition a couple of years ago. Um, most gun museums tend to stop in like the 60s or the 70s, and they don't really do a lot with more contemporary history. And I likened it to a contemporary art installation. I'm sure our art curator doesn't appreciate that connection. But uh, we opened up an exhibition on polymer handguns, specifically featuring the Glocks. And so we've got um, Glock prototypes starting with... Um, the actually a hand cut uh, cutaway that's a G17 that was hand cut by Mr. Glock himself. So we've got just an array of really interesting, more recent firearms. And that was probably one of the cooler things that I did, even though, you know, it's they all look the same. It's the black gun, but it was really well received, even by people that didn't get it. I had a lot of people that came up to me and were like, I don't know why you're doing this. But after it opened, they said they totally understood why we would do an exhibit on something more contemporary like that. And so that's probably the best thing that I got getting that that's the best get that you've gotten <laughs> all right so I, I i don't usually do this and i don't want to tell you how to run your business but this is a high point so if you wanted to do something on street crime or anything like that i would be happy to donate this firearm to uh i don't have museum. a high point yeah i mean if you wanted to put this in a display or something like that we can definitely work that out i think that any collection if it doesn't have a high point it's just you know, i don't think it's there well, you know, we were. It's what's funny is what's making me laugh so hard is that we've actually had conversations with people about getting high points, and um, we had a, we did a Reddit AMA not too long ago, and high points came up. Uh, someone wants to give us one of the dollar bill ones. Nice, so, nice. That's super cool. Okay, uh, well, well, you know what? But you don't have to necessarily like the gun to put it in a museum. So what about it. what about one that has like um? It, well, how, how, how would we you this? explain this? It's it's decoflage, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, it is. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, this is an MMP Pro. Do you think? Do you think that this would have a spot in the museum? <laughs> you know, one of the more popular academic terms to describe <laughs> firearms is the fetish, fetishization of the gun. So I think we could we could do something with that. Yeah, yeah. It, make some, make some room. It might be it there. might be a little big if you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. No, it doesn't look too big to me. <laughs> It, it, it has a five inch barrel. Hey, you, look. you girls are always just rude. <laughs> when Sean carries it around, he feels much bigger. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Ashley, I've got a question. Can you tell us in in your life and your business, what is provenance? What is provenance? Uh, the bane of my existence? No. Uh, <laughs> provenance is one of those things that's really hard to define because... When you're accepting a gun that has a story, uh, a lot of times it can be really hard to pin it down. So provenance is kind of all of the, the paper trail 
for the and the evidence of what proves if a story about a gun is true or not. Now, that's really hard to do. And I can't tell you how many times I get a call from someone being like, well, my grandpa said that this belonged to Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Is that not good enough? Is that it's not, it's not, it's not good enough <laughs> is the answer to that. But uh, so it's all the evidence and the paper trail you have to convince me that your firearms history is accurate. It's really hard to prove anything definitively. So a lot of times we have to kind of make an educated guess based on the collection and what they've got. But um, it's one of the more difficult parts of my job. So. Let me let me lay down a little scenario for you. So a friend of mine and his family, they own uh, they own it's not a museum necessarily. I guess it is a museum. It's in Durango, Colorado, and they do have they have some historical guns and lots of historical paintings and things like that as well. They do have a gun that was a ceremonial gun owned by Wyatt Earp at some point in his life, and it did have the entire provenance associated with it. That's pretty awesome. They moved offices at one point and that was lost in the move. So they have it. It existed. It no longer exists. In a situation like that, is it now just basically a worthless uh, as far as a historical? um... That's a difficult question. Um, Obviously, you need to track someone that can verify whether or not it was ever there. I don't think you would say it was worthless. I mean, I'm sure that there's other kind of avenues that you can explore, but it does make it really difficult because there are so many people, unfortunately, that lie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that they can kind of backtrack and maybe find someone um, that saw it, could write something that said that they saw it, that knew that it was there. um, And that might be able to be substantial enough uh, for museums or private collectors. Well, I'm not actually going to tell them that information because they have told me since they've lost the provenance that, that they, I'm allowed to shoot it. Okay, well, oh, I, I was just going to say, isn't that the gun that you shot? And you were like, well, it's pretty much worthless now, so we're going to shoot it. <laughs> no, uh, I haven't shot it. I did. I was able to dry fire it, but we do have permission to actually take it out and shoot it. So we're going to do that oh. sometime in the coming year. Um, even if they had the provenance, they were going to let us do it anyway, just uh, some real light loads. But I thought it might be fun to ruin history. <laughs> Everyone else does it, right? <laughs> so exactly. In the show notes, I posted a link to a, uh, it's a Nazi belt buckle, and it has a like a little firearm in it. And my dad, he has a museum, and um, in his museum, he has one of these, which I've heard that it's like one of 100. Again, I don't, you know, I don't even remember where I heard that from. But um, do you know anything about this belt buckle? I do not. Um, we have Freedom Arms belt buckle guns are you familiar with those i've seen them yeah well that's controversial (laughs) (laughs) exactly no i don't know anything about those belt buckle pistols but i kind of want to look them up now so do you guys Um, know because i i saw in um like an interview that you did you said that what's really fascinating with what you do is um kind of like with firearms obviously they um they progress with you know with each war and stuff so that's why i kind of was thinking that maybe you know, like, do you guys have any of that stuff in your museum or is it mostly just like Western stuff or do you have stuff from like previous wars or? Oh yeah. We have a whole military history wing. Um, we do have a, I'm trying to remember which model it was, but it's an old, uh, Beretta and that have been from, you know, world war one, world war two. And we've got a couple of Nazi proof things in our collection. They're down actually in our study gallery. I'm gesturing like, you know, where that is, <laughs> uh, but, but our study gallery outside of my office is 
for more of our international collection. And we do have a lot of those things. And then we've got a lot of machine guns from early wars. We've got a lot of failed machine guns, which are uh, one of my favorite things, uh, because a lot of the things that are in our vaults that need to be on display and will be on display in the new museum are failed machine guns that Winchester tried to make and were not successful. Hmm. Interesting. That is pretty cool. Uh, um, so if we were to come visit you, um, do you think like you could hook us up and maybe like let us in for free? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> My director of revenue is not here. Um, yeah, if you wanted to come and set up a tour, we could definitely work something out. Uh, we could show you the vaults, which is pretty neat. I actually was looking um, to see how far it was from the springs to where you are, and it looks like it's about an eight-hour drive. And honestly, I hate to say it, but anything that exceeds four hours, I usually take a flight. So... Um, yeah, I'm, but maybe we could. I'm sure they have airports there. Yeah, do you guys? Yeah, have... we have an airport in Cody, but um, United only flies in the summer. Uh, Delta is the only airline that's flying right now, so you'd have to go if you're going from Denver. You'd have to go to uh, Salt Lake, and then. Uh, oh, that, which... that makes sense. We'll, we'll go to <laughs> we'll go there via Tokyo. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it always makes a lot of sense. So do you do you guys? I don't know really how museums work. Uh, her dad's museum is definitely not like a standard museum it is an amazing and impressive museum but do you guys have like the white gloves how do you how do you preserve the firearms and make sure that they don't uh, age unexpectedly or get destroyed by i don't know uv light like what what are the concerns and how do you address those I was just looking to see if I still had my gloves. I was holding a gun right here last night. Um, but no, I don't personally use white gloves. I use nitro gloves, which it's always funny because my assistant wears cotton gloves. And there's pros and cons to each of them. I personally wear the nitro because um, it's really easy to sweat through cotton. Mm-hmm. And so if you're working on a gun, you can sweat onto the metal, which is not good. Um, and then so but people always complain the nitro is always like, makes your hands hot and that's because you're not sweating through your gloves. Right. Exactly. Um, and also I feel like I can manipulate the gun a little bit easier with the, um, nitro. I can feel things a little bit better. So that's partly why I wear them. And also it's really funny to watch people put them on. Um, never goes well, No. but some of the things that we have to be careful of with preserving guns is right now, actually in Wyoming, it's pretty good conditions. Uh, if you're back like closer to the water, that's when it, you start to get rust issues with your guns. But we try to keep um, a fairly regular temperature and relative humidity. Here, our relative humidity is down in like the 30s and 40s in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Whereas back when I was at the Smithsonian, we kept it around 50, 55% relative humidity. Um, and then it's 70 plus or minus 5 degrees for temperatures. But we try to keep everything. It's less about keeping... Um, those specific numbers and more about keeping consistent numbers. So we regulate that throughout the building in our vault space. Um, we filter out UV light. We use LEDs now, but um, with guns, I'm going to start sounding really technical, but with guns, it's usually good to keep your light levels to 25 foot candles and under. Um, so sometimes it's better to have lighting outside the case if you don't have you know really high end lighting, um, but that's metals and wood. But if you've got like a box that it comes in with like a felt or whatever, that obviously uh, will decay a lot faster um so with the guns are pretty simple if you have active corrosion i recommend contacting someone that specializes in it but if you're just cleaning it off we use ethanol um a q-tip and ethanol for the metal and we use spit we spit on the wood um yeah it's called spit cleaning Uh, all right (laughs) that's interesting i had no idea honestly so remind me to wear gloves first of all (laughs) (laughs) wear gloves and then spit on the gun yeah i'm like it's doc holiday's gun and it's not even his hepatitis (laughs) 
Um, no, we uh, we do. We spit on a Q-tip and we clean off the wood. Um, we have a full-on conservation department that's way smarter than I am, and there's something about the whatever's in saliva breaks down. Uh, whatever's you know any type of like guck. That's a technical term on the wood. And then once we're done with that, because we're not shooting the firearms, we basically just use um, a thin layer of microcrystalline wax on top and leave it be nice. uh, until that there is any type of damage. So that's about all we do. Uh, if we're storing it, we keep it in dark storage so that it just gets to rest for, rest from the light. Um, but guns are some of the easier artifacts to work with. I always say I should never be a curator of like a pottery museum. Yeah, no kidding. I wouldn't end so, so well. Do you have other things other than guns besides like the cases and the ceremonial stuff that, that comes with them? Um, ceremonial stuff for some reason. I was thinking like headdresses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you wear a headdress when you spit on the firearms? <laughs> no. Um, no, we've got uh, ammo. We've got lots of ammo, which is its own conservation dilemma um i once asked the conservator when we had like a film crew in, and i was like what advice would you give people with collecting ammo and she was like don't because <laughs> <laughs> it decays on itself you know it's it's over time so we've got ammo we've got a lot of um like holsters scabbards um posters from winchester advertisements um anything gun related we've got winchester figure skates rollerblades and cologne and nice. anything from a gun company that they made that's non-gun we have and then our biggest object is a two-ton granite slab that says winchester that was outside the original factory that's so cool and that's gonna be fun to move in the new museum no kidding I'm really looking forward to it what would you say um what are your thoughts on like government funded versus privately owned and funded well, there's pros and cons to all of them. I actually did, I work both. Um, I did an internship and had a research fellowship at the Smithsonian's National Firearms Collection inside the American History Museum. And now the uh, Cody Firearms Museum at the Buffalo Bell Center of the West is a privately funded um, organization. What I like about our organization, and I guess this isn't just private versus federal. It's a size thing. We're a large institution, but we have the feel of a small museum. So I can get a lot more done. Um, you know, I'm really good at picking vinyl off of glass, you know, so I'm the curator. I run the museum. I manage all the exhibitions. I write the scholarship, but then I'm also the one that's helping to, you know, get the guns out of the cases. So I feel like at least in our institution as a private institution, we can do a lot more crossover and we have a lot more, um, we have more ability to not do what we want, but uh, get more things accomplished in kind of a tighter time span however you know, we do uh just we did just get two federal grants for our new museum which are really you know highly regarded grants and so we do still get federal money if we apply for them through various implementation or construction grants but uh i personally like working at a private institution i feel like you've got more autonomy uh autonomy but at the smithsonian i mean it was still just a really great organization to work for it was just there were so many departments it sometimes was difficult to get mm-hmm. certain things done Understood. Just large bureaucracy type things. Oh, I feel like you get that a little bit everywhere, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely true. Can you talk just a little bit about security? I know museums in general just aren't well known for for heavy security. They just don't have it. There's insurance and other things like that. <laughs> well, uh, I know where my cameras are. Is that like <laughs> no, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Like just just speak briefly about like okay, what, we what want are the you thoughts? to let us in for free and then, <laughs> and then tell us where the security is. And then my next question is, what is the most valuable firearm in the collection? <laughs> not like value, but you know, like worth the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to tell us your security measures and per tell se. Tell us what the security is on that gun. <laughs> yes. Um, it varies. I mean, we have pretty uh, heavy security. We have 24 hour security here. We've got someone on staff here at all times. We've got people that walk the galleries. We have motion detectors. We've got cameras. 
Um, and everything's wired into a central system. So if you, so for example, uh, one of our galleries, we've got uh, heightened security on that one. And we have motion detectors to go across the top, which is really awesome. I feel like it's some like weird, like Thomas Crown affair. Right. Like, I'm like, do I have to do cartwheels? Cause I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've sometimes we have motion detectors on the glass. So like if you hit the glass too hard, it'll, and it won't, it, sometimes it'll go off like to alert people. Sometimes it's more to like let people know, Hey, stop leaning on the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have motion detectors that will alert the back security desk so that someone um, can be at the space really quickly. So security is really good um, in our institution. Uh, I think museums, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I would disagree that most museums don't have good security. Well, I've just heard a lot of stories and, you know, and this is why I'm asking the question because I don't know. I've just heard stories that, you know, a lot of times the security is so par, but it sounds like you guys are, are wired in. Do you think that... Uh, I could be lying to you now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Do you think that theft is a, is a big concern as far as stuff like that goes? Just like petty theft or, or just people like just grabbing or, you know... What what do you guys have to really think of when it comes to security? Is is it a problem, is or is it not a problem because of the the measures you have in place, or is it just something that goes along with having relics and things that are worth a lot of money? Um, you know, I don't really think if you had lots of small things that were like out. Honestly, people are more likely to probably steal like your weird like prototype that's not even an artifact that's got like. A cardboard cut out of a gun because they can get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. But no, for the most part, we don't really, we don't have that much concern. We've never had an issue, knock on wood, um, in the history of our organization, which is a hundred years old. We've never had an issue with that, with security. Um, you know, honestly, because of some security measures, especially in some museums, by the time you get what you're trying to steal, uh, security's already on you. So a lot of people just don't do it. You know, they get deterred by the security guards. The fact that there are people around, we don't make it easy. And so we've never really had to worry about it. I think sometimes small museums might have to worry about that as much house museums where things are more accessible, but I've never worked at any of those. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but our institution, like I said, hasn't really had that issue. We're also in a town of 9,000. So we're in a really small town. We get hundreds of thousands of people on their way to Yellowstone. But I have more issues with people like fucking up my t- please touch displays, you know, like, <laughs> poking stuff and like really taking advantage of picking off some of my graphics than I do anything else. That's so weird. Actually, where is it? I wait, wait. Ah, this is what they do. Let me see if I can get it on the camera. This is a this is a rubber Glock. It's a soft rubber Glock that we uh, have in our Glock exhibit for movie guns. Yeah. To talk about the different types of movie guns. So like if you've got one that's just in a holster, if you're going to hit somebody with it. And so this is a movie movie Glock and it's got a please touch. It's got a circle here and someone really took advantage of. Man, they went to they, town on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> someone else just took another one that we got and um, cut it with a knife. It was pretty brutal. I think that gun wow. needs the hashtag me too going on with it because <laughs> it's been assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it here as a memory. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my wow. great idea has gone wrong. Did Harvey Weinstein, uh, did he visit? <laughs> I'm confused. Maybe. I can't. We actually have like a lot of celebrities that come through the museum. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So Not awesome. Harvey Weinstein as far as I know. But <laughs> right. They don't normally like give us a heads up. All right. So last question. So we imagine that you usually know a lot more about guns than most people. Um, how often do you come across people who try to talk down to you before they know what you know? Um, 
you know, I've been pretty lucky that I haven't experienced too much of that. Everyone always says, you know, oh, being a woman in this field, or I always say I usually get more uh, stuff because I look like I'm 12 than (laughs) my gender. Um, I've actually gotten like, you know, the intern thing. People think I'm an intern, like at least once a summer, people, someone thinks I'm an intern, but uh, for the most part, it's not too bad. Uh, we do get some visitors that come in and cause I've got my, my two assistants are men. And so if I'm standing there, I like to watch them, like just only look at them and then I'll start talking. Uh, it actually is one of their favorite things to watch because then mm-hmm. I'll start answering the questions, even though they're clearly not directed at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually within like the first couple of minutes, I talk really fast if you haven't been able to tell. So I can get a lot of information into a tiny little uh, time frame. And so usually within the first couple of minutes, if there's any of that, it's, it's gone and they're looking at me and they're talking to me. So I don't take offense to it because I get that I'm a little different than what you would expect a firearms curator to look like. Yeah, that's very cool. Do you know of any other women who are firearms curators in museums or anything like that, or just uh, um, similar similar job descriptions? I I've heard of other women that that do this. I know of other women like that are assistant curators or collections managers in firearms museums, but curators of major museums, I don't think I know anyone. But I've heard of a couple of ordnance museums where I don't know those people, but that there are some women. But no, it's uh, it's really funny because the museum field itself is kind of all about women like there's so many women that work in the museum field but then you get to the gun side of it and it's like whoop. you don't even have anybody working in it it's one of the problems actually right so cool yeah i love it um i, I do want to ask one more question so is this i was like sean we i just said when i was like okay last question and then <laughs> you're know. like but what about but, but, but. And I, I was like i don't even okay how about you switch to more beer and less coffee how about that <laughs> uh, uh okay but while i do that so, Ashley, is this your dream job, or, or if not, what is your dream job? Uh, this is my dream job. Uh, I, When I started with the Smithsonian, I had heard of this museum, and I worked my way up from, literally in seven years, I've gone from intern to curator here, uh, which is pretty cool. And I've been curator for almost three years now, and so I love working here because it's such a large collection. Sometimes I'm always like, what do I do next? <laughs> uh, I love my consulting business, though, so I think I found the, kind of the best of both worlds where I get to, I don't know, I was like just juggling boobs there, sorry. Um, <laughs> I saw it in the glimpse of the camera screen. But um it's the best of both worlds because I get to run a major firearms collection. And then I also get to do all this other stuff outside the walls of the museum with other museums, educating people and getting to write about the stuff that I love and talk about the stuff that I love. So I can't think of anything better. And that business is the, uh, it's called the gun code, right? The gun code. Yeah. Um, I've been consulting for years, but I finally put it into an LLC um, this past year and I've been doing pretty well. I, I, I'm so grateful for the institutions that I get to work for, uh, especially the museums, because there's a massive problem right now with the fact that pretty much every museum has something gun related in their in their collection. But there are so few people who specialize in both museums and guns that a lot of times they get vaulted because nobody knows how to either safely handle them or properly display them or they don't like guns. And so they just don't even want to talk about it. And so I've kind of made an outreach to so many different like institutes like art museums, um, other history museums that you know, it's okay to have guns on display. And if you do it appropriately and adequately, then there's nothing to be concerned about security wise or other. And, but it's also helping them to have the tools to communicate because they're, most of those people are coming with the media and the pop culture view of firearms. And that's uh, not accurate most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm helping them to kind of strip down to just seeing the object and then kind of building them back up in the history so they can talk about them themselves. Very cool. So where can people find more about the museum and the gun code? 
They can just come visit. Uh, or you can go to Facebook. Uh, we've got Cody Firearms Museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we do have a Reddit account. It gets a little weird sometimes. And I have uh, the gun code on Facebook uh, and Instagram as well. I had to think about that because it's just me. <laughs> but you can check all that out on the interwebs. Very cool. All right. So you should, if, if you have time to stick around, you should stick around. Uh, <laughs> okay. The next thing we do on this show is we actually play some prank calls, right, Eva? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> All right, so let's... Uh, Luckily, let's... I actually don't feel so bad about playing this one, but sometimes we'll have very serious conversations, and then it's like, all right, and now a prank call to make us look like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, it's gonna, we're going to look like idiots. All right, so this one's just a little bit long, but there, there is some funny <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, sometimes when we just get someone who won't hang up on us, we just talk and just try to annoy them forever, and this is one of those cases for sure. Perfect. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Thank you for calling Smith & Wesson Firearms, bridging the gap between quality and performance since 1852. Uh, Yeah, right. For menu options (laughs) as they have changed. This is the music that I like very much. Thank you. Must be a lady tonight. Yes, hello, hello, this is this. Please and thank you. Mr. Watson, customer service. Denise speaking. How can I help you? Um, hello, my name is Archibald, and uh, we, uh, my wife, bought a Smith and Wesson shield, and she, we we sent in the rebate, but. We have uh, we keep getting the messages back saying that it was on layaway, and the problem is is that uh, we we need the rebate to actually pay our mortgage. It's been two months now, and I just don't understand what the holdup is. Can you tell me what the holdup might be? Thank you. Okay, and what's your zip code? <laughs> Eight zero nine zero nine. That 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 is definitely my wife's name. Thank you very much. Okay, so and when you and did you get them out a valid receipt? Uh, of course we did. They came back and said that we had the layaway, but we never do the layaway. We always just go ahead and purchase the firearm uh, for the full price or whatever it is. We, I don't even know what layaway is. I heard that that's something that people do at Walmart when they're trying to lay away Christmas presents for their children. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I guess they do like a layaway program for firearms. Um, I got to connect you to the rebate company because they're still showing up. Um, invalid receipt. One second. No, hold on one second, ma'am. We have been talking to the rebate company, but uh, we were working with Smith & Wesson because the thing is is that we paid the money to, Smith, to buy the Smith & Wesson gun, but we did not lay away. That doesn't even make any sense. We have the receipt. We got it back. But, ma'am, the, the problem is, is that we can't pay the mortgage without the rebate. We've been waiting two months. The mortgage is two months behind. Uh, we are on a very strict budget. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm very old, and I just I, I cannot definitely uh, – I just I, – I cannot absorb these costs. Uh, I'm getting so angry right now. Uh, g- g- uh, Candy, Candy, could you take the phone, please, and talk to this lady? I'm getting so angry. I would have hung up Hello? already. Hi. Hi, sorry, my husband, he's just, he doesn't have the best uh, patience, you know, he's old. Um, So we were just wondering about the, um, you know, the rebate. Yeah, because what I was telling him was um, I was going to make sure that the rebate company picked up because they have on here that you guys sent them an invalid receipt. They have access to pull up the receipt. I don't. Okay. 
Okay, um, yeah. So if you could just uh, maybe send us, uh, you know, uh, their information or something, because I mean, well, we no, definitely no, no. Make sure we paid in up, full. So I don't. You can speak to them. Okay, yeah, that would be great. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll make much. sure you get through to them. Okay. Okay, please and thank you. <laughs> it's gonna take me a few times because I know their lines are tied up, but um, once they pick up, I'm gonna release the call. Okay. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Hello, one second before you do that. The problem is, is that we called them and then they send us to the voicemail, but the voicemail was definitely full, so we called back. No, no, and- no. I'm going to make sure that they pick up. Uh, Once they pick up, I'm going to release it. Oh, I'm perfect. not going to release it until yeah, they pick up. Yeah, because we didn't, we really didn't want to bother you, but the problem was every time that we call, we just get the voicemail and then we try to leave a voicemail, but the, but the, boy, the voicemail box is the, full. The, the, the voicemail is full. And so if, yeah, uh, no, no, no. I'm going to make sure you get a live person, somebody uh, that's going to talk to you like me. Okay, ma'am, yeah. Ma'am, if you could just make sure they're alive, that would but, be great. But hold on one second, because <laughs> the problem is, is that uh, do you have a special number that you don't give to the public because the public can't deserve the special no, number? No, we, we call the same number. But ma'am, we just called that number five minutes ago when they just gave us that the problem was that they sent us to the voicemail and the voicemail was full so we couldn't yeah, even leave a voicemail. what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to keep on calling them until they pick up for you. Oh, okay. So okay. The, the problem is not that, that we have to do this. The problem is that we had to call more than one time. There's like a special code Correct, or something. But I'm going to make sure that I make sure that somebody picks up for you. Okay? Now, let me ask you this right now because the mortgage is two months late but we're also very hungry for lunch and we're trying to cook some ramen in the kitchen but the uh, so the, is how long do you know how long that will take to get them to answer do you know what the, spe- the precise amount Probably it takes about two to three minutes oh two to three minutes because we definitely called and, and we waited two to three minutes but it just kept sending us to the full voicemail yeah no I'll, I'll get you through okay okay but I think maybe you you have a special number or something that, that, that you're trying to get through but we don't have that number no we're using the same number sir do you think that I dialed the phone incorrectly or something? Because we got the same number. Well, no, because it, it's pretty much you. Sometimes you got to keep calling. Their phones are being tied up. But why isn't the voicemail is it, working? Is this because um, they're, they're having a lot of issues with all of the rebates? Are they no, telling we, that ha- we have three rebates running right now? Okay. Are they telling everyone that their their receipt is uh, on layaway or, or whatever you call it? Oh. Uh, yeah, because we don't lay away. We're not poor, but I, we can't people, pay the mortgage. We have people that pretty much um, are calling to check the status to make sure that they're in there. Um, if they're having, they can't find the serial number. These are questions that they're calling them. With. Wow, it, it honestly, it seems like a lot of work. I wonder if you guys would ever do a, a you know, a, a rebate like this again. It, it probably is just. Well, right now it's just because they're right now the people that are doing the rebates for us is like a mom and pop corner store shop. Oh. There's not so many of them that work there. Oh, that, so this that, is the issue we're encountering. Oh, we know the There's mom and pop shops. We have a mom and pop shop. Yeah, that's what we are too. So let me just tell you that the thing is, is that we are a mom and pop shop also, and that's why we can't pay the mortgage because honestly, the Seven Eleven that they put in down the road is putting us out of business. Do you have you ever dealt with anything like that? Do you do you still shop at the at the little uh, corner store or uh, like where? Yeah, do you, I do. yeah, that that's what I do too. The uh, I, it's just you know honestly I think that when they put into Seven Eleven down the road it, it definitely uh, bit into our profits uh, just a little bit but now we're, we're eating ramen and I want you to know that we are okay but definitely the mortgage is just a little bit late because of the rebate madness and uh, I don't know when you, when you picked the mom and pop shop was that your decision personally? It, well, it wasn't my my decision personally oh, it was but, the people upstairs but, you know? But, oh the, like how many floors do you have? 
We have one, two, three floors. Oh, dang. That, that sounds important. But you said personally you choose the mom and pop shop, but the people upstairs are apparently living in the ivory tower or something like that. You know what I'm saying? No, we don't choose them. Pretty much Smith & Wesson chooses them, not me personally. Mm. Oh, uh, wait a minute. We got Smith & Wesson on the phone? Oh, yes. shit. Oh, is Julie so Gallup... the actual rebate company. Is Julie Gallup available? Um, I don't know. Maybe you can check with um the operator. Yeah, if you could just uh, maybe push us, you know, push some buttons and put us to Julie Gallup, that would be great. All righty, one second. <laughs> and one second, okay? Okay, uh, thank okay, you. Thank you very much. Please and thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God, yeah. She could not wait to get off the phone with us. Now, in our defense, literally, we had to call like five different numbers, and their their warranty or their rebate, I mean, it actually did go to a full voicemail like 50 times. So when, oh when I was giving her hell, it was literally because I was like, oh, you have a special number or something? Because we already called that number 20 times. Yeah, because oh I, I really did. I bought the Shield, and the only reason why I bought it is because it just had an awesome price plus, like, a $75 rebate. So I was, like, got that gun for, like, just dirt cheap, and I figured, well, I could always use another gun. And let's see. I'm trying to think. When was this? This was, like, in June. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I still have not gotten the stupid rebate. And then oh they, they did send me a notification that said, or I called about it, and they said that I... I put it on layaway and I was like I've never done layaway in my life <laughs> I was like where the hell can I lay away a gun <laughs> so your prank call was legitimate <laughs> yeah it was a little there was a little bit of yeah <laughs> there was some anger behind that are you judging us right now <laughs> no 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 I'm just laughing because like we get calls like that all the time but they're not prank calls so <laughs> you guys could actually tell me that you're prank calling me and I would still probably not know that you were prank calling me because we get some real Color phone calls. <laughs> I no, can I, only imagine. I feel your pain when I work for my yeah. dad. I get those qual- those calls all the time. My uh, one of my assistants, he's got a voicemail that he keeps. And it's just someone saying "idiots." <laughs> 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 so like, there's times where like I'll come out of my office and he'll just like push the button and he'll go "idiots." <laughs> I think we've got our next prank got- phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact that, like, I feel like I don't handle those, what, like, those, you know, traumatic calls well. So, like, <laughs> I expect the perfect person for that. Perfect. So if you get if you get a call from a, an elderly Jewish man, it's not me. <laughs> no, it probably, probably wouldn't be. <laughs> so, funny story. We called her dad once uh, talking about the museum, and uh, I acted like an older Jewish man and uh, told him that I didn't want to see the Nazi stuff, but I also wanted a discount because I wasn't going to see the Nazi stuff. <laughs> And oh my uh, God. he was so mad, so mad. <laughs> well, you know, he doesn't put up with, uh, he was, yeah, him and somebody else that we know to date are the only ones that hung up on us. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Otherwise everyone's pretty amazing. All right. Very cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about some optics real quick and uh, move on just a little bit more into the show. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it. Hate it. Find out now. Hey, Sean, before we start, remember oh, yeah. remember when you got mad at me and you took back those optics? You said I couldn't have your optics anymore because you got mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure you remembered. <laughs> so what the hell is the purpose of this conversation? <laughs> oh, look, you're so red right now. 
All right. Well, I was like, wow, some friend you are. I get we get into a little fight and you're like, I need my optics back. <laughs> um, but now you have these optics. Yep. So and the other ones, too. <laughs> you have all the optics. I am a little bit red right now. I'm so annoyed. What else do you have in mind? I'm taking that back after this. <laughs> All right. So what I wanted to talk about today is uh, Lucid Optics L7 rifle scope. It's a one to six by 24. Um, I have had Lucid Lucid Optics in the in the past, and I actually really do like them. They're really cost effective. Um, so first off, just a couple things about this. It, it does have the 24 millimeter objective lens. It is 30 millimeter tube. It does have the uh, P7 etched glass reticle. I do like this reticle, the P7. Uh, it is second focal plane. I know that a lot of times for optics, people are like first focal plane or, or, or bust, but on something like this, I really do like the second focal plane. It does have interesting eye relief, even on one X, which I don't necessarily love. I kind of want just to straight through with, with no magnification or anything like that. But because I have loved some uh, lucid stuff in the past, I, I picked this one up and uh, I'm pretty excited to test it out. So this will go on one of my rifles. That's probably mid mid range, maybe four to 500 meters max something like that the great thing about them is they actually have pretty good glass it's got good illumination on the etched glass reticle and their turrets are pretty pretty baller as well what does it sell for 449 dollars msrp you can get them for cheaper online and in in some different places but you know for a one one to six optic it is pretty good i'm not going to use this for three gun or anything because i i don't like the eye relief and in three gun i'm usually trying to get in pretty fast and And i want something that's just straight through with with a really open relief you also don't like to lose, and you always lose. <laughs> At least I played the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> w- w- was there whiskey in that beer? Because you're angry as shit. <laughs> uh, I do like their I do like their optics. I love that the, the magnification is actually pretty loose right out of the box. I imagine as I work that some more, it'll it'll get even better. And it actually, uh, I also picked up the Lucid Quick Detach Mount as well. So, I'm excuse me. I'm excited to try these out. Um, don't love the eye relief on it, but definitely going to put it on a rifle. Uh, not, not something that I need for like three gun or anything, but, but you know, just maybe like a DMR type rifle. Any questions about that, Ava? Oh no, I zoned out. Sorry. Smart ass comments. (laughs) (laughs) You have anything else? I would ask if I could use it, but I don't want you to get mad at me and be like, I need it back. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we'll just go on to our iTunes reviews. (laughs) I think that's probably a good idea at this point before you get stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so we have two iTunes reviews. Uh, first one, five stars by Bama Gal Banks, uh, titled New Favorite Podcast. As an avid gun enthusiast, I love this show. It's like WLS, but better. Oh, wow. All right, this is fake. Fake the, news. The fake prank news. calls are hysterical, and you can learn about awesome new gear on the market. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Next one is five stars by G T H W H H. Thumb, thumbs up. Just watched episode seven, too. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Ava and Sean, thanks for all your hard work as well. Definitely keep things interesting. So it was like a punch to the face and then a pat on the back. Yeah. All in a row. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> hey, guys, um, if you're interested in uh, writing us reviews, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, every now and then we will draw random winners. In fact, should we draw a winner? Sure. Okay. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but if you could just do that number thing again. But you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that um, I think that we should definitely give 
those who take the time to write us reviews, let's do a giveaway. All right. What should we give away? Whatever you want, really. Um, let's give away an optic. You know, actually, nobody claimed the uh, the magazines from when Daniel Shaw was on the show. All right. Should let's, we do that? Yeah, let's give those away. What was it? Four P mags? Yeah. You don't you don't know. No, I don't remember it all. Okay, I think it was four P mags. So uh so yeah, whoever we pick, you guys will win four P mags. And uh Sean, you work on that. In the meantime, I will say that we are lo- we're uh on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes. You can normally find us under Gun Funny Show, but if you want direct links, uh just go to gunfunny.com. And also, uh, we now have a Patreon page. So if you want to become a patron, we greatly appreciate it. We also do giveaways uh, just for a dollar. You could be part of our Facebook Patreon-only Facebook page. Uh, $5, you get entered into a raffle. Once a month, we give you you know, a giveaway. We pick somebody and uh, give away some cool stuff. You get access to uh, our Gun Funny Snapchat for just $2. And then, depending on your level of donation, you'll get uh, limited edition T-shirts, a shout-out on the show, and even an opportunity to be a, a guest on the show. Did you find the winner? I did. The winner is going to be Girls and Guns on iTunes. So if that's you, get in touch with us, and we will send you the PMAGs if you're in a state that actually allows that kind of thing. Awesome. And then, if anybody is interested in becoming a Patreon, you can go to gunfunny.com, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash gun funny and um and you could register there and it's greatly appreciated and also the first 10 people we are giving away t-shirts as well and i think that there's still there's still a few spots left we haven't reached 10 yet yep very cool so ashley once again uh thank you for being here with us we totally appreciate it it's been a very cool conversation well glad you enjoyed it uh, i just got an echo <laughs> all right well um keep in mind we are going to hold you to the uh the free museum passes and, uh, <laughs> and and the vault. So tour. make sure that your boss is not working that day. If you could just let us know ahead of time, we need to plan accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am my boss. So. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I think she's got this. Okay, yes, we re- got it. Re- it's re- in the bag. <laughs> remind us once again where people can find uh, the the museum and the gun code online. Uh, you can go to the website centerofthewest.org slash explore firearms or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can go to gun code on Facebook or Instagram. All right. Very cool. I think we are done with this show. Let's, let's get out of here. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.